It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I truly believe the Carolina Panthers can win on Sunday in Detroit. They have to. If they don't, then whatever hope remains will, well, all be lost at that point in time. I'll give you my three keys to victory right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council. Where on Wednesdays throughout the rest of the regular season, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions here on the show. Either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions into me. Now for the weekly Wednesday mailbag on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. The Carolina Panthers head up north to face off against the Detroit Lions on Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock here Eastern Time. The 3-1 Lions versus the 0-4 Carolina Panthers. I believe the Panthers can win this game. I honestly believe that they can do it. I know we talked to our friend Matt Derry of Locked On Lions yesterday, and he does not believe the Carolina Panthers uh, will win this game. Remember last year? Heading into that Christmas Eve game when the Carolina Panthers put up the most offensive yards and most rushing yards in the franchise history, he also didn't believe the Carolina Panthers would win that game or could win that game. Now, would I pick the Panthers to win? No, but I do think the Carolina Panthers can win, and as I do on every Friday heading into a game week, I let you know my keys to victory, the three keys to victory right here now on Locked on Panthers, starting off with key number one. The Carolina Panthers have been terrible in the run game offensively and defensively through the first four weeks of the season. They looked really good running the ball week one where they ran for 154 yards and Miles Sanders looked okay. Chuba Hubbard looked explosive. They ran the ball well. They didn't stop the run. And that has been a common theme throughout the last four weeks of the season that's helped lead the Carolina Panthers to 0-4 starting off the year. Here in 2023, currently the Carolina Panthers are last in the NFL in ESPN's run block win rate at 63%. The Detroit Lions are 26th in the league in run stop win rate, but they're ranked first in the NFL in rushing yards allowed at 60.8 yards per game. And they're second in the NFL in rushing yards per play at 3.0. So rushing yards per carry rather at 3.0. So it doesn't really add up how the Lions are 26th in run stop win rate but they're the best rushing defense 
in the NFL through four weeks. I'm going to go with the traditional numbers over the ESPN numbers, but the ESPN numbers certainly back up the Carolina Panthers' inability to run the football so far this season as the Panthers are only averaging 95.3 rushing yards per game, and that's 4.0 yards per carry so far this season. Miles Sanders clearly is not right. He's been limited in practice the last couple of weeks of a groin injury, that same groin that cost him the entirety of the preseason. And since week one, when he had that costly fumble in the subsequent weeks thereafter, he has not looked like the player that he looked like last year in Philadelphia. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say I watch every Eagles game, but when I did watch the Eagles and watch Jalen Hurts, that offensive line, and Miles Sanders back there, he was explosive in the run game. There's a reason why they brought him here. The relationship that he had with Deuce Staley, with Frank Reich, who used to be there in Philadelphia, you would think that maybe that would have carried over. But so far, the lack of reps during the preseason, maybe the lack of practice reps, and just overall health have held him back, which is why the Carolina Panthers probably need to give someone like Chuba Hubbard more of an opportunity to tote the rock as he has looked like the better back so far this season. Is he the better back when they're both completely healthy? That remains to be seen. But right now, he's Carolina Panthers' best option. So if they're going to be able to run the football on Sunday and take some of the pressure off of Bryce and the passing game, it's got to be Chuba. It also has to be the offensive line stepping up and playing better. Austin Corbett, he's going to come back soon. I don't think it's going to be Sunday. That would be way too quick. Getting off a pup and then three days later, playing in your first NFL game since last year when he tore his ACL. So a little bit of time there still remains before I believe he's going to come back. We'll get into that more here in just a moment here on the show. But Calvin Throckmorton at right guard, Chandler Zavall at left guard, they got to play better. Bradley Bozeman, Taylor Moten, Iki Aquano, those guys need to step up. They have to go up against the Lions defensive line that overall is just all right, but has been good so far this season, of course, stopping the run. The Panthers need to man up and look at those guys on the other side and understand that they're not too far removed from pushing those guys around all game long. Different players, different scheme, different team understand that. But still, the Panthers know that they've done it in the past, and they need to have that mentality and that mindset going to the game that, hey, we can run the football on this team. Let's go out there and do it. Defensively, they got to have the same mindset of we need to stop the run. Because so far, the Carolina Panthers have done a terrible job stopping the run as they've allowed every single opponent they played this season to run for at least 130 yards. Carolina Panthers currently are ranked 27th in the NFL in rushing yards allowed per game at 136.3, allowing 4.7 yards per carry, which is fourth worst in the NFL. The Lions have been really good running the football. They're top 10 in a lot of categories offensively. Ben Johnson, who in an alternate universe would have been the Carolina Panthers head coach, He's done a great job the last two seasons as their primary play caller, as their OC. He has the Lions offense running for 136.5 rushing yards per game, so just .2 yards per game right above what the Carolina Panthers have allowed so far on average this season. That's good for 10th in the NFL, and they're only averaging 4.0 yards per carry, which is fourth most attempts in the league. So they're running the ball a lot, which is yielding a lot of yardage, but the yards per carry, I guess, isn't that high. But the Carolina Panthers have to buck up, have to be able to stop the run, win at the line of scrimmage, need to be able to run the football as well if they want to have any chance of winning this game on Sunday. So win in the run game, that's key number one. Key number two, they got to win a turnover battle. The Panthers so far this season are minus one 
in turnover differential in the NFL, which is 21st. The Lions are 23rd, so they're not that far apart. But the Panthers' turnovers have been devastating. Five turnovers so far this season that they've lost that have led to 24 points. You think back to week one, the Atlanta Falcons converted three Panthers turnovers into 17 points. That was the difference on that Sunday in Atlanta where the Panthers beat themselves. The Falcons, you've seen in the last couple weeks, they're not impressive. Desmond Ritter has not looked very good. That's a game the Carolina Panthers absolutely gave away. We knew it in the moment, and now four weeks removed, you know it even more now. You don't turn the ball over, which... Yes, it's obvious. If you don't turn the football over, you win that game. But the Carolina Panthers, again, five turnovers that have led to 24 points, 17 week one. Then you look back on Sunday against the Vikings, a game that you had control of. You're up 10 to three. You're driving in the third quarter. Just made a big third down conversion. You're right there in the red zone with an opportunity to go up by two scores once again in that game. Harrison Smith comes unblocked, sacks Bryce. Fumble picked up by DJ Wanham, and that changed the game right then and there in favor of the Vikings, who walked away with a 21-13 victory. If the Carolina Panthers obviously don't turn it over in that situation, they can win that game, and they probably do win that game on Sunday. So that's five turnovers that have led to 24 devastating points for the Carolina Panthers. If you don't turn a football over, then you obviously have a chance to win. It's not like the Panthers have done a great job in sudden change defense and not allowing those because only one other time, where they turned it over, their opponent didn't score, and that was against New Orleans after Bryce Young fumbled, which took points out the board for the Carolina Panthers right before the half on Monday night football. Now, looking on the other side for the Lions, they're minus two as far as turnover margin so far this season, which is 23rd in the NFL. That's six giveaways so far, only resulting into 10 points. So has not been nearly as bad for the Lions, uh, for them giving up one touchdown and then a field goal. They have four takeaways so far this season, the same amount of the Carolina Panthers. Their four takeaways have resulted into 21 points off of turnovers. Two of those were pick sixes. So be aware, do not throw the ball up there because that's a team that's already shown multiple times they can take that back in for a touchdown. The Panthers have four takeaways so far this season that have resulted into 13 points. So they're three for four in the opportunities where they got a turnover and then result into points. The only problem is one touchdown, two field goals, where the Lions have three touchdowns in the four of the opportunities where they got takeaways so far this season. So the Carolina Panthers got to win the turnover battle. If they turn it over, the Lions have proven so far this season that they will turn that into six where the Panthers have not been able to capitalize on offense in those situations. So win the turnover battle because the turnovers they've given up so far have really devastated them and been a product of losing two of the games so far they've lost to start off the season. Uh, number three. They got to spread the wealth on offense. I know a lot of people don't love Frank Reich as a play caller. I don't know how much the offense truly would change if it's Thomas Brown. I get it that eventually Thomas Brown will be the play caller. You're wondering yourself, why not now? There's got to be some good reason to do it. Maybe there's not a good reason, but I'm going to give Frank Reich the benefit of the doubt that he's not a complete football idiot and that he has a plan and truly knows that the best thing for the team right now is for him to call plays. But also the best thing for the team is for him to be a little bit more creative. Because Carolina Panthers have been fairly predictable so far through the first couple weeks of the season. Do they have the personnel? No. Has the offensive line played well? No. Health, that has played a factor. Obviously, we all know that so far. But that still does not excuse the lack of usage for guys like Chuba Hubbard, who has looked like the best back for the Panthers so far this season. Does not make any sense for why DJ Chark has not been able to be targeted more uh, over the last couple of weeks. You saw him get a ton of targets against uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Why has that not been the case against the Saints? Why was that not the case against the Vikings? 
We need to see more DJ Chark targets. Try to maybe extend the ball downfield. I, under, I understand that Frank Reich said that, oh, well, Bryce Young, we've had to play calls for some of those shot plays, but there's been checks at the line of scrimmage that have been called off, and they've ended up throwing it to the flat instead. We'll find a way to actually allow those potential chunk plays to play out by not having that be something that Bryce changes at the line of scrimmage. I don't know, but Hayden Hurst... He's barely got any targets after being the Panthers' top receiver week one. Get him involved. LaVishka Chenault, who, for whatever reason, is a fan favorite. But when he gets the ball, he does a little bit with it. Not anything spectacular. But why not give the guy an opportunity? I talk about the Panthers coming into the season, looking at the offensive weapons, which I'm going to put that in quotes for those not watching on YouTube. I looked at it as they had more options this year. Than they had last year after they traded away Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey when it was just DJ and then sometimes Terrace Marshall. More options, but we have not seen those options really be be utilized through the course of the first four weeks of the season. Spread the wealth in offense. Be more creative. You need to do that if you're going to find a way to not be so predictable and actually move the football up and down the field and win the game on Sunday. So spread the wealth on offense, win the turnover battle, and you got to win on the one in the run game, both on offense and on defense. Those are my three keys to victory for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday as they face off against the Lions up in Detroit. Austin Corbett, unlikely to play on Sunday as he was just taken off the pup list on Wednesday. But when will he play for the Carolina Panthers? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. It's a simple fact. Bird dogs make you look good. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dogs are functional for any occasion, whether it be playing golf, going out on a date, an evening out, going to the pool, working out, lounging, or just going into the office for work. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL to at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. I promise you. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. After what seemed to be an unending string of bad news, the Carolina Panthers finally got some good news on Wednesday as Austin Corbett, the team's starting right guard, was designated to return off of the physically unable to perform list or also known as the pup list. As you all know, back in week 18 of last year, right before halftime, Austin Corbett tore his ACL against New Orleans Saints in that week 18 walk-off. When he played and started in every single game last year and played every single snap up until that injury, 
injury. He's been working out off to the side since the Carolina Panthers reported out training camp back in July. He's been very active in meetings, according to Bryce Young, the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback. And he's been active the last two days on Wednesday and Thursday at practice with the first team, also in individual drills, which leaves many people to wonder, will he be ready to go coming up on Sunday against Detroit? That is unlikely to happen, Corbett said to Darren Gant of Panthers.com, that he would be having his own little mini training camp before he'd be ready to play for the Panthers. And if the Panthers are unable to win on Sunday, starting off 0-5, I think some people would wonder, okay, well, hey, maybe... Instead of being 0-6 heading to the bye, why don't you try to get Austin Corbett out there next week against the Dolphins? And even if you win, that could still be the mindset of, hey, let's try and stack some wins here and get to 2-4 and four heading into the bye. I just don't think that's going to be the case. It makes the most sense for Corbett. And just, I mean, even for the Panthers. And I understand that the Panthers' offensive line is struggle, especially in the interior. And getting Corbett back is paramount to any sort of success Carolina fans is going to have for the remainder of the season, whether you think this team can salvage it and be a playoff team, be in contention. I don't know what you think this team can be at this point in time, but they definitely need Austin Corbett. And Calvin Throckmorton hasn't been great. Uh, Chandler Zavala has struggled mightily there at left guard. I do wonder what the Panthers will do once Corbett comes back. Will Corbett stay at right guard? Or, I mean, obviously he'll be at right guard, but will um, Throckmorton move over the left guard, rather, or will Zavala stay there? at left guard. If you think about the future, it would make probably some sense for the Carolina Panthers to stick Zavala there, but if he's going to continue to struggle, then why not put the veteran Calvin Throckmorton, who you picked up off of waivers after cutdown day, there at left guard with his experience next to Bradley Bozeman, and of course, Ike Kwanu there at left tackle, and then have Corbett there, so it's a far more experienced unit than it would be if you keep Zavala there on the left side of the offense line, especially when Ike has been struggling. So that is something to consider moving forward. I don't know what they're planning on doing. They haven't really, uh, the, that being the Panthers coaching staff, haven't really led anyone to believe what would happen. They haven't really given any hints or clues as far as uh, what their plan would be once Corbett comes back. But I do not think the plan is for Corbett to come back this Sunday. Just way too quick. He starts practicing on Wednesday. Then you're talking about you got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice, travel to Detroit, and then he's going to play on Sunday. Just three days of practice for someone who's coming off of an injury like that. Seems far too quick um, for him to be able to come out and help the team. It's good that he's cleared and out there practicing. But I would say probably after the bye week is when it would make the most sense to give Austin Corbett um, with the, to put him back out there. Uh, rather, when you think about it, it was the fourth was the day. So he's got the 25th is when he has to be activated off of the um, off of, you know, he has to officially be activated uh, off a of pup. So next week, you know, the 11th would be a weekend. That would be going to the Dolphins game on the 15th. The Panthers have the bye after that. So they won't be playing on the 22nd. That first Wednesday coming off of the bye, their first practice would then be when it would make sense for that to happen. So I'm not expecting to see Austin Corbett until the Carolina Panthers host the uh, the Colts, I believe, there on the 29th of, not, yeah, 29th of October. So I just don't see it happening this week. It's good that he's back. It's one of the few good things that's happened so far this team for this team, especially with the amount of injuries that they've suffered. It's unfortunate that Brady Christensen went down because if you're getting Corbett back, then you probably feel really good about what this offensive line could do in the second half of the season. Uh, but right now... Just don't think it's time for him to come back. Only also don't think it'd be very smart for the Carolina Panthers to bring Austin Corbett back on uh, such short, you know, not notice, but just like 
just uh, not enough time really for him to really, I would say, get back to health. It's not back to health, but get up to conditioning. Because uh, you got to think about it. These guys had all, all August. They've had part of September to get into game shape. Takes a little bit of time to get there. And it's going to take Austin Corbett time to get back in the game shape even when he's ready to play. So you got to allow him to really get ready to get into that physical, physical condition for him to be able to play uh, moving forward. Uh, and interesting, too. Because he started off on PUP, Marquis Haynes and Stephon Sullivan both were on IR to start the season. Have not heard anything as far as their updates. Uh, Sullivan, I think it was a back, just like uh, Haynes. So curious to see if there'll be any update on those guys and whether they'll be back anytime soon for the Carolina Panthers. So watch out for that. But we know that very soon Austin Corp will be back. I would expect that to be no earlier than after the bye week when the Carolina Panthers get ready to face off against, again, I believe the Colts. Don't have the schedule right there in front of me, but I believe it's going to be, let's see, uh, yes, no, against the Texans. So we'll see where, how that all shapes out for the shakes out for the Carolina Panthers here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but the Carolina Panthers, they have a game on Sunday that, yeah, they definitely need to win if they want to have any sort of chance of salvaging the season. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Price Picks is the most fun you'll have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and then place your entry. Test your skills on Price Picks this football season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. It's that easy. Price Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and you Use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricefix.com slash LOCKEDONNFL. And use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. One of the things that I hate about Crossover Thursday is how they want us to make predictions. I just don't really feel like making predictions most of the time because I just don't feel like having some jerk on Twitter just throw it back in my face. But I guess I'm a coward for not wanting to make predictions. But yesterday, I came out and said, yeah, I think the Lions will win this game. Because, I mean, hell, they're like a 10-point favorite at home. They're 3-1. and one. They beat the Chiefs. Uh, the only team they lost to were the Seahawks in overtime. Seattle thinks a pretty good football team. I think they're also 3-1 and one so far to start off the season as they head into their bye week. The Lions are a good team. They won at Lambeau again. Good football team. Sold out crowd. Fan base that's going to be jacked up. And a Carolina Panthers team that has gotten off to an unfortunate 0-4 start. But you look at the games though, it's not like the Panthers are out of here getting blown out. It's not like they're getting pushed around and they're not competitive. They've been competitive in all four games. Now, that's the National Football League. That's how things work out. 
It's a bunch of one-score games. Look at the Minnesota Vikings. Last year, they went 13-0 in those one-score games, got to one of them in the playoffs, and then lost. It can end that simply. But then they start off the season, 0-3 in one-score games, and what do you know? They had on Sunday a one-score game that went into their favor. The Carolina Panthers had to do the little things right. Can't turn the football over, need to convert on third down, need to stop their opponents on third down, convert turnovers into actual points. Play complimentary football, which they so far have not done this season. But they've been in every single one of these games. They were better than Atlanta, aside from the three turnovers that led to 17 points. They gave the Falcons the game that Sunday afternoon. Atlanta is not impressive. Was Carolina impressive that day? No, not really. But they're a better team than the Falcons that Sunday afternoon. The Saints... We're better than the Panthers. Understand that. The offense was abysmal. That's a game that, yes, New Orleans should have won. The scoreline, not as indicative as clo- as the game, how close the game actually was. Like the Falcons game, the game was closer than what it actually looked like in the end at the, as Atlanta won 24-10. Then you look at the game in Seattle. A shootout. Your defense is banged up. They give up a bunch of plays in the second half, give up a bunch of scores, but they were good in the first half. The Panthers had chances right after that interception against uh, the, the Seahawks that put them in plus Terry, that territory where Deion Jones got the pick there where maybe they score a touchdown, and they get a lot of momentum going to the half. But they led that game at the half on the road. They led on Sunday. They were up 10 nothing. And if maybe there's a penalty when Bryce Young gets hit and Bryce didn't really want to Answer that question at all. Frank Reich's moved on, all that. But maybe the Panthers just score a touchdown instead of having to kick a field goal. They go 14-0. That changes the game. Because the Vikings come back the next drive. They score a touchdown. It's only 10-7. If the Panthers don't fumble after halftime and they're there on that drive and able to score a touchdown and extend that lead two scores, it's possible that they won that game. So the Panthers, to me, they've beaten themselves against the Vikings and against the Falcons. Like They should be a 2-2 two two football team. I think that's far more fair than an 0-4 record. If they're 2-2 instead of 0-4, people feel a lot better. Now, I don't know if they feel great because the offense still would be a major question mark, but 2-2, you can work with that, especially when four of your first games uh, were on the road. Four of your your first six games were on the road. If you go 2-4, go 3-3, then you feel fine when you get Houston, Indianapolis, and Chicago – for your first three games out of the bye before facing off against the the uh, Dallas Cowboys at home. So for the Carolina Panthers, I think they can win this game. I already spelled it the three keys to victory. It's just one of those like weird gut feelings that I wanted to say actually yesterday that oh, I think they're going to win the game, but then it's like I don't know, maybe not. There's not really much reason to believe they could they're going to win, but they can win uh, any given Sunday. All that kind of stuff. So I do think the Panthers can win this game on Sunday afternoon. And if they do that, I still don't think they're going to win next week. But obviously, 1-5 heading into the line is much better than 0-6. And if there is any sort of hope that remains in this season, it can be salvaged with a win on Sunday. Getting to 1-4, and possibly talking yourself into a win next week against Miami, even if you lose to the Dolphins. The Panthers come back, and then it's like, okay, you got Houston at home. That's the team you can beat. Indy at home, a team you can beat. Chicago, also 0-4, just like you. Who's to say they can't find a way to string together some wins and then get to 4-5? and five? Or then it's Dallas, which would feel like a loss, but then you got Tennessee. AFC North going to help, uh, AFC South, rather, going to help out this year because that's not like any of those teams are really world beaters this upcoming, this, this, uh, this season, not upcoming, but this season. So why not believe that maybe 4-5, and 5-6 five, five and six could be a possibility 
once you head into December. But it all starts with a win on Sunday against a Lions team that, again, is top 10 in a bunch of offensive categories. It has an offense that you wish the Panthers had, and you probably a guy in Ben Johnson that some fans are maybe wishing that they had. I know there's been a lot of fans out there that are wishing that Steve Wilkes was a head coach after seeing what has occurred uh, through the first four weeks of the season for the Carolina Panthers. But I don't know. I think they're going to win the game. If they do, that doesn't change much, but it keeps them alive heading into the bye, knowing that they are a trio of winnable games on the other side before facing off against Dallas. And really, the second half of the season, it's not like there's a ton of tough teams that the Panthers have to play. So find a way, man. Find a way to win, and things don't have to be over yet. Still, we'll see. All right, it's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Wednesdays I answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I will talk to y'all on Sunday, about an hour following the Panthers' hopeful victory there in Detroit. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.